Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Mark with Sean Hackett. Sean Hackett is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida. And he's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the world of commodities. Sean, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing really good, Casey. Uh, can't complain. Everything is well. And uh, continue to look at uh, uh, what looks to me to be um, a, a more inflationary year coming up for commodities uh, for on a whole host of reasons than we saw in 23. And that's good news for farmers if they're proactive in making sure they make those sales when they arrive and when they show up. You know, obviously, it's our job to make sure they do that. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. We've seen some things change here. Um, that's the crazy thing about these markets is that they, they can really change on the dime and you start looking at what's happening now. I'm not saying that one day um, is going to set a new trend line. Obviously, that's not the case. But if you take a look at what happened the previous two weeks before the report, there was a lot of, uh, you know, just – couldn't catch a win and really anywhere, you know, it just seemed like it was just a struggle. You talked about it last time we hear that how, how corn and how basically the grains just kind of traded in such a tight range that there was really not enough volatility there to really make anything crazy happen. It was just kind of swapping back and forth. The cattle market has just gotten, you know, kicked around for the last three weeks and you take a look at the hog market and it's just the hog market. That's just what they do. Right. <laughs> so now you take a look at uh, what happened Monday that there was, a, a complete reversal 
as to what we had seen happen over the last three weeks. A lot of them, a lot of places they had almost gained back what they'd lost over those three weeks. That first, just on Monday. So you talked to you, you kind of hit into it at the beginning where you started seeing, and before we were talking here, before we hit record, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the interest rate markets that are very positive to commodities. So I guess recap yesterday, I guess, and, and kind of give your two cents on where the, how, how the interest rates are, are, are kind of playing into that stuff we see happening. Well, certainly we're continuing to get more and more evidence that the Fed Reserve is done. They've done what they sought out to do, which was to cool the inflation, the over money printing, the over government spending, that the overreaction um, to the COVID lockdowns in hindsight. Um, and they, they're clearly showing that they've got they've done what they needed to do. They and rate increases are pretty much over. Today's inflation number below expectation, flat year month over month, uh, only three, I think, three point two percent year over year. I mean, interest rate increases are done for sure. Done. Uh, we have we're having a big knockdown in interest rates today. We've seen a knockdown in interest rates over the last week. Um, the dollar getting hit today, making a, a marginal new low from the low that they made over a week ago. All these are more inflationary forces that have been huge deflationary headwinds that are now going to become tailwinds to the back of commodities. Um, and that's very, very important because within a backdrop of having more of an inflationary environment, the same fundamental can mean a much higher price without anything really changing. Now, if something were to change more bearish or more bullish, then, then you have to modulate from there. But but it says that the risks in 24 are going to be much more on the inflationary side of the equation versus what we saw in 23, which was just constant headwinds, constant uh, forces trying, you know, pushing overall commodity, uh, depressing commodity prices because of the, t- the the headwinds that we've had. So so that's a very, very positive development. Uh, We've uh, Z, you know, Jinping is coming to town tomorrow in San Francisco. The, um, you know, he hasn't been here in five or six years. We're talking to, to them again, uh, you know, after a long while where we weren't even talking to the secretary uh, general over there because we were so upset with them. It sure seems to me that the calculation that the Biden administration is making is that with the Ukraine war, with the Israeli war, Having a third war potentially with China and Taiwan is not something that's palatable going into an election year. And they're, and they're trying, at least from the short run, Casey, at least in the short run, meaning 12 months time, it looks like they're trying to soften things and, uh, you know, become a little more friendly and a little more uh, understanding and a little less confrontational. And what does that mean to me? It means they're going to buy more of our ag products, Casey. Look. They could buy their, you know, so long as Brazil has big has supplies to sell, which they did last year. Chinese can can decide to buy from us, and they can decide to buy from them. They've just chosen to buy from them. I believe what's going on now. They're going to decide to buy more from us, and they've started to buy more from us. By the way, if you've seen some of these purchases they've been making, you know they've been picking up the pace. And if Brazil's uh, weather continues to be uh, adverse. And they have short crops, then they're going to be even bigger buyers. Remember, a weaker dollar, lower interest rates means our products become more competitive anyway. Um, and some, you know, deep down, 
there's a good chance that one of the things that the Chinese are thinking about is, look, they're not stupid. Then looking over at the weather in Brazil, they realize this is the worst start to the planting season really they've ever had, and, and it's looking horrible. I think they're looking out ahead and saying, well, well, well Brazil's offline. <laughs> we, yeah, we, right, yeah. we, we, we can't have the U.S. saying we're not going to sell us corn, soybeans, and wheat, and cotton, and pork, and all these kind of things that we're going to need. We better we better get a little friendly, and it looks like right now they want to be friendly because of the elections. We need to do so. So all this is very, very positive for ag demand for you know for for a better supply demand and all the spreadsheets that all the bears have been saying are awful and terrible and they're not getting any better and it's all just horrendous the demand is terrible they're all wrong and the balance sheets are much much tighter than any in the curve balance sheet are suggesting because the demand side of the equation is too low we talked about this before you know Four and a half dollar corn, you really mean to tell me that demand's gonna remain weak for versus six and a half, seven and a half dollar corn? Come on, it's ridiculous. Demand's gonna be higher. Um, so all this to say that when I look at the net, then of course, then we have the Brazilian weather that's that's out there. So if you mesh advert you know, historically adverse climate in a key, if not the most important region in the world in Brazil with a softening and more inflationary monetary environment and a softening and more inflationary geopolitical environment in terms of China and, and U.S. at least wanting to get more along with potentially better demand from China going forward and potentially a lot more demand if Brazil comes up short. Sure, I sure like the prospects for some really – some from for much better selling opportunities for producers than – Many are suggesting right now. I mean, I think that the prospects for having the ability to sell the crop that was just harvested and to sell the crop that's going to be grown next year for the U.S. I think the I think the price opportunities are going to be much much more lucrative than many are suggesting right now. And so that's the backdrop that I would be that we are focused on with our customers with with our subscribers to our report. And uh, and 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 I and I just think that. Uh, you know that's the um, the correct assessment right now is to is to be more optimistic than pes- the pessimism. We've had eighteen months of declining commodity prices. Uh, it's over. That's happened. It's it's done. I and, and of course everyone gets negative after eighteen months of a declining market. But it doesn't matter what the market did the last eighteen months. It's what is it going to do the next six to twelve months? It's, you got to look ahead. You got to look at what is everyone going to be talking about six months from now and yeah. twelve months from now. And I think everyone's going to be wildly more bullish six to twelve months from now than they are today. And that means the opportunity today is to do something on the buy side for those that need to buy physical supplies of these critical ag products. Whether you're a livestock producer, ethanol producer, whether you're someone making renewable diesel, whatever it is that you're doing. The buy side of the equation right now is what you need to protect, in my, in our opinion, um, and, uh, and and I think that, that today's action in the dollar and interest rates, based upon this lower inflationary number. By the way, uh, uh, oil prices and energy prices have been crushed uh, since this inflation. Like this inflation report was really prior to the big knockdown in energy prices, so you can bet. The next inflation report next month is going to be much weaker than expected and could be shockingly weaker than expected. One of the things that's been sticky, Casey, and it's a huge lagging indicator, is rent cost. Um, that's one of the things that's been keeping inflation on the high side. 
but the, even the rental cost is now starting to fall. And that's usually a, the, the, the later, that's the later, uh, one of the later ones to start falling. And that's going to start being incorporated in future inflation numbers. Bottom line is very optimistic about 24, bringing commodities back to life and having capital wanting to come back into this ignored asset class right now. Right on. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, a lot of things moving in that direction. It looks like, I mean, I guess if you take a look out, Sean, and you look at the next six to 12 months of, of U.S. agriculture, there's a lot of things pointing in our direction that uh, looks like that could be 24 could be a, a probably a little better year than what some people are predicting right now. Much, much better year. And if yeah. Brazil, you know, if Brazil, you know, and if Brazil comes up like not just a little short, if it's a little short, we're going to have a good year. But they really come up like way short. It could be a crazy good year, like crazy yeah. good year, um, really, really good year. Um, and the potential is there. The way we're starting off this growing season in Brazil, you know, the, the 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 setup is there for a major crop problem for both soybeans and corn. Uh, you know, not just a little crop problem, like a major crop problem. Um, something you rarely see down there. But if we have a major crop problem. At, at a time that uh, you know that the uh, global economy is improving, at the time that the monetary forces are improving, you know it's just it just two thousand could really two thousand twenty could really surprise, really surprise, and that's how it works, right? Yeah. Everybody gets on one side of the boat. Sure. The more people that get on the one side, the greater the opportunity is when when everyone realizes they made a terrible mistake and they need to quickly get in the lifeboats and 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 get away from a from a boat that's going to capsize i mean that's that's the contrarian view and, and contrarianism for the sake of contrarianism isn't necessarily a good strategy but if you have good reasons for being a contrarian and you see them clearly the biggest opportunity is seeing what others are not willing or not able to see i think we have a clear example of that right now where everyone has been forced into a, a bearish view and yet we're ready to, to just you know fire up the rockets here on multiple fronts as we move into 24. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So let's put, get your crystal ball out here. We're going to talk about the future, future. So <clears throat> as you take a look at 24, say we go through the 24 and what you said happens, Brazil has a major crop problem. The U.S. has a, has a decent crop um, gets put through uh, because of uh, what a year and we're rolling to 25. We hit the Glassberg cycle situation that you've talked about where now we have a massive drought in the United States and now we have another you know, concerning crop problem in Brazil as well, because you've talked about that before, that we're in that that 10-year cycle that's a dry cycle anyway, and you throw everything else on top of it, it's just a bigger dry cycle now. I guess looking out, when you look long-term at grains over the next 24 months, Sean, what are your thoughts there, and, and what are some of the stuff that you're paying attention to that could really be, uh, you know, some long-term planning effects for guys as you look at the grain marketplace? Well, I, I just think that that markets are mispriced, right? I mean, we're not pricing the risk, the weather risks that we, I mean, we've had the greatest weather volatility in a hundred years globally since 2019. We've had five or six one in 100 year events <laughs> yeah. in five or six years, and it's not going away. According to our research, it's going to be getting actually more volatile, at least for the next 10 to 15 years. The market is asleep at the wheel. They are not, in, they are not correctly ascertaining that this weather volatility profile is here to stay. Um, we hear a lot of people talk about it, but the markets are not pricing it in. So the big recognition here is that the markets need to price this long-term weather volatility cycle in correctly 
And there's just no, there's absolutely positively no business for why, you know, you look at December 24 corn, December 25 corn, December 26 corn, as an example, why we should be trading, you know, those markets, you know, in the low fives. Why? That's ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. With the weather we have already had and are, and are continuing to have, it just makes no sense that that is the appropriate risk reward profile for future prices. Though that those are prices based upon, oh, weather's going to go back to normal. Weather's just going to go back to the way it was. You know, we just, you know, we, every 10 years we get one or two, you know, some issues, but everything's fine for eight. We're not going back there, Casey. There's absolutely nothing that says we're going to go back there anytime soon. And so to me, there's going to be an epiphany, this this moment of clarity, this come to Jesus moment where the markets are realizing that they've screwed up, they've mispriced the future, and they have to and they're going to do a more permanent repricing of weather volatility. And once we do that, then we can trade, you know, back and forth. You know, so what I, so the, so the opportunity is the normal opportunity, which you know, you know, we we have weather and current you know, what we talk about, but I think we have to do one we have to have a phase shift higher and then get back to markets that are going to move around. I, I believe we're just not correctly priced. You know, uh I think many believe that the big surge in commodities and agricultural products was more a COVID function, which it was of course to some extent. Uh not a weather volatility function. And I believe that and, and so this big correction, this throttling down of many commodities over the last 18 months has been well COVID's over. We're not going back to that. And they're correct. And whether and whether going back to normal weather, incorrect. And so I'm, I think the opportunity is that. And I think yeah. the opportunity for those on the buy side, you know, buy side of cotton, who, you know, clothing, cotton gin um, plants, uh, you know, corn feed. It, I mean, look at bean meal. We've gone from 370 to 450 in a blink of an eye. Yep. That's the kind of, you know, that's a, you know, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, wheat price is under six on Chicago, Chicago border trade, soft red winter wheat. You know, these are just not sustainable prices, Casey, in my opinion, based upon a realistic assessment of the baseline weather volatility cycle we're in going forward. And, and I, and I, and I believe what, with what's happening and likely to continue to happen in Brazil and, a Gleisberg potential for 24 or 25, I believe the market will begin to reassess uh, things, including insurance companies, by the way, property casual insurance companies yeah. are, are dramatically getting, getting the message. They've, they've had massive payouts way, way above anything that they were anticipating. Rates are going through the roof. They're reserving more capital for future. I mean, they're getting, they're finally seeing that they've screwed up, that their actuarial tables going back 100 years on weather volatility is wrong. And, and they're quickly repricing it because they have to or else they're out of business. Well, the market's going to start pricing that in as well. And so to, to me, that's the opportunity. And that's why buyers really, really need to be very careful because the next the next phase higher, the next adjustment higher based upon weather volatility means we won't come back down here, Casey. Like like we came back down here this time because the market is getting fooled into thinking weather's gonna go back to normal. But I don't believe we're gonna go back down here whenever that time comes that we price in weather volatility correctly. It's a permanent 
weather premium that's in the market that's not going to go away. And boy, that you just this is an opportunity on the on the, on the to lock in your buy side input cost. I can't emphasize enough how important that is right now. Wherever whoever you are, whatever your thing is, look for that opportunity. Look for ways to lock long term input costs in at this point because that's going to allow you to remain profitable and obviously beat the pants off your competition who isn't doing that or or, or will not do that. So well good stuff as usual, Sean. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is that you're doing hack financial I mean, just this what we just talked about right here is stuff you're not hearing anywhere else i promise you so go check out sean over at, at hack of financial so what uh, they can find you know some free stuff some white papers and those kind of things on your website sean yeah our website is hack at h-a-c-k-e-t-t advisor.com we have a sample report there you know we have some interviews posted there that we do from time to time our um uh Twitter page is at Faradex 11. You know, we're not habitual posters. We like to leave, you know, we like to, you know, to, to not, you know, be spending all our time on social media, but from time to time, we, we, we do kind of provide some insights to what we do and how we do it to see if how we look at the world of an agriculture with our statistics cycles and correlations in, in, in climate and other variables are of value to those watching your show. Just take a picture of your grilled cheese and tomato soup and you'll be good. Just post that on your Twitter page. So check that out. All right. Sean, appreciate you being on, man. Safe travels uh, as you head up to North Dakota. Give up one of your one of your good climate speeches up there. So looking forward to that. And we will talk to you again soon, man. Thank you. Thanks, Casey. Talk to you soon. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Go over to the YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. See the video version of this. And then go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related. We've got some big announcements coming out here pretty soon, as well as a new website that should be up here uh, the first part of the year. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett. It's going to be smart, folks. Out. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 800- 657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. 
TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century.